Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Well, I want to talk about Moses in particular today, um, but I want to set the tone about personal failures in the Bible. It's funny, when we look at the chapter 11 in Hebrews, which is the, it's the chapter of faith, for those of you that don't know, go and read it, and you'll see all these, what looks like, heroes of the faith. People who had faith to move mountains, to see God do great things, they actually accomplished the assignment, they finished the assignment that God had set for them. And, and so we see all these people, but the problem is what we don't see is their failures, because every one of them failed. We see their victories, we see their successes. It's interesting that the Bible chooses, the writer of Hebrews chooses to just focus on their wins, what they finished. And so here's a few people in the Bible that we hear about that done great things and were in leadership of all different kinds. We see Jacob, he lied. We see Moses, he killed. We see Noah, he got drunk. We see Samson, he was immoral. We see Gideon, he was fearful. We see Rahab, she was a prostitute. We see David, he had an affair and had it covered up by murdering someone. We see Elijah was deeply depressed and didn't even want to live at that time. We see Jonah, he ran from God's plan. We see the disciples, they fell asleep at the very time that Jesus needed them in the Garden of Gethsemane. We see Peter, he promised to be faithful to the Lord and he denied him three times. Failure at its best. But yet, these are the people who have written the scriptures. These are the people and the stories that we like to preach about. These are the stories of success that we like to highlight. And so the point is that even though you fail or life fails, God is doing something still. See, here's a few stories of, of people uh, in the Bible who've been failed by other people. Joseph was rejected by his own family. The people he thought would be loyal to him rejected him. He was also accused of adultery by part of his wife. Nehemiah had people looking to stop him while he was doing the right thing. He found resistance. David was nearly killed for being anointed. <laughs> I thought that was a good thing to be anointed. I thought that was the best thing. But yet that was when death just showed up through, through the form of his leader. Saul got jealous. Paul was in prison for representing, turning his life around, and then he got put in prison. Life was failing him for doing the right thing. And so we've got to be careful when we're looking at situations, whether it's people against us, whether it's life, it seems, against us, whether it's us against ourselves, which is often our biggest enemy. We've got to be careful that we don't interpret the situation wrongly. Because in every one of these situations, we know what was happening, I can guarantee you this, that God was forming those people. And he was bringing his message along with them. It was part of the plan. It was part of the story. It couldn't be missed. It was a step that was vital. And so today's message is called, He is Forming Me. In Psalm 139, it says that God created us. He formed us in the womb. He's forming us. 
He's always building us. He's always trying to move us forward for his purposes. I'm going to pick up here in, with the story of Moses. Some of you know the story of Moses. Moses uh, was born at a time where the Pharaoh was killing babies and all the Jewish babies because they were becoming too powerful. Moses was going to be one of those guys, or one of those babies who would be killed. And so he ends up, his, his, his mom um, decides to get sneaky and, and farm in the Nile. And he gets taken in to the Egyptians and becomes one of them. Until one day he grows up and realizes that he's actually a Hebrew. But the Hebrew people at that time were enslaved. They were doing all the dirty work. They were, they were being beaten and abused. And, and he, real, he realized, he comes to the realization that these are, are my people. But I'm looking like the abusers. I'm, I'm identifying as one of the abusers, the Egyptians. And so this is what it says here in Exodus 2 and 11. It says, One day after Moses had grown up, so he had become an adult, he went out to where his own people were, the Hebrews, and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. So his heart was still identifying as a Hebrew, even though he was brought up with Egyptians. Looking his way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian, and he hit him in the sand. So the first thing we see here with Moses is he got frustrated. He's seen an injustice. He got angry. His emotions got the better of him, and he acted out. Anyone been there? <laughs> Some of you are saying, it just happened this morning, Phil. We're lucky to be here. Me, so, so Moses got frustrated, but his frustration was, was connected to God's call for his life. Because his frustration was that he wanted his people free. Well, guess what? God wanted his people free too. See, Moses was raw at the beginning. It was all emotion. He'd seen, he'd seen failure. He'd seen a problem. He seen something that he wanted to fix. He was all pa passion but no patience. Maybe you're in here today and you see a problem that you want to fix. Especially as men, we're fixers, right? We just want to fix it, like no emotion, just fix it. Just kill the guy, get on with it. <laughs> just bury him, let's go. <laughs> Life's okay again. He obviously was happy just to bury him and move on in the sand until he was found out. Sometime later, then he had to deal with the emotions and why he done it and everything else. But, but sometimes we're all passion, but no patience. And we don't wait on God's time because we don't wait on God's time. Then we, we take it, the whole wait, for instance, you think about Moses, he's thinking about all of the Hebrews. At that time, there was maybe a million, say. He's looking to free them all. What's he going to do? Just keep killing people? One man killing them, all the Egyptians? In reality, he would have died doing it. He wouldn't have made it. He would have had the weight of the world on his shoulders. He couldn't have finished the mission. And he would have done a lot of damage whilst doing it to other people. Out of passion that turned into probably pride. That turned into getting in the way of God's plan for his life. Think about Moses as well from his perspective. He, he grew up as an Egyptian, wealthy, privileged, full of the pleasures of life. 
probably spoiled, wrapped in cotton wool. He didn't really maybe learn as much about himself as he would if, if, if he was in the wilderness. We spoke about how Jesus, the first thing that the Father done, God led him into the wilderness right before his ministry to inherit power. But if you're, if you're in comfort and you're eating everything that you want to and you're getting everything that you want to, you don't inherit God's power. You inherit the power of sin. You, you grow in the power of the flesh, which is your ideas, and it can be a deep, dark road to destruction. See, Moses had the right idea, but he went about it the wrong way. The right idea was freedom for his people. The wrong idea was to just kill someone out of frustration. He done the right thing the wrong way. Who knows when you do the right, the right thing the wrong way, at the wrong time it becomes the wrong thing. It says in Hebrews 11, it won't be on the screen, Moses chose to share the oppressions of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. See, one thing I learned from that is that God's purpose is more attractive than fleeting pleasures. So often we think, oh, if I could just have, I could just be famous, or these, I could just have these possessions, or these riches, or that car. Our mind tricks us into thinking in the world we live is that if I could have that, I would be content. I would be happy. But here we have Moses had all that, and the call of God on his life was way more attractive and had a greater pull than everything that he already possessed. And that's why as a church, if we can get people just to open up enough to find the frustrations that God has put in your life to lead you to a promised land that won't just be for you and your friends, but it will be to free others. That's a God dream. That's a God purpose. That's living a life beyond yourself. And that's a life well lived. That at the end of your day, you will not be sitting on your deathbed with regret. But you, you'll be sitting on your deathbed satisfied that I made a difference on this earth. That's why our vision is no God. That's the start. Find freedom. Get released from those things that are holding you back. Discover that God has put something in you. Find, discover purpose. And then let's go make a difference as God works in your heart. He frustrates you. Come on, anyone ever get frustrated? Not just your spouse or your friends or your, or your, or your boss. There's a different kind of frustration here, which, which in this case was about injustice. Honestly, you're probably sitting in this church because I was frustrated. <laughs> Years ago, I'm like, how am I going to in, invite my friends to church? I don't think they'll come to the place where I worship right now, so... That frustrated me for years to the point where I started to look in detail and ask questions and what can we do? What, is a what can you biblically, are you allowed to play the electric guitar in church? <laughs> Some of you were, grew up in places where that was unholy. I hope you've got past that now because you're going to struggle in here. <laughs> but I was frustrated. See, what happened to Moses, he had to then end up leaving and he ended up lost. 
But listen, God was still in the leaving and still in the lost. He ended up in a desert, in a wilderness. I'm sure, like, I'm sure if you're used to all the fleeting pleasures of life and having you know, servants and maids and whatever, whatever food you want on the menu and never having to grind or work or sweat, I'm sure when you get into the wilderness, it's a bit of a shock. You're a wee bit worried. You're like, what have I done? I should have just stayed in the comfort. I'm sure this is what emotionally Moses is starting to try and figure out in his soul. Like, why am I so afraid? Why am I so desperate right now? God, what, where do I go next? He, he, he probably, for, a, for a while, I'm sure there was a time where he didn't know his next step. He didn't know how to provide for himself. He was probably looking behind his back wondering who's coming to get me. Are there any Egyptians chasing me? Life wasn't attractive or glamorous, but he had a new normal. It was different. In the feelings of chaos, God was forming his character. See, yes, you might feel lost in a season, maybe right now or in the past. Maybe you feel scared and worried. But do not think for a second that God is not up to something if you allow him to be. Because I'm telling you, you need the feelings of lost. You need the rug pulled from with, pulled under you in order for God to do something. Because you don't need God when you're comfortable. You don't need God when everything's provided for. You don't need God in your own mind when, when you've got control. God was forming his character. It was interesting that his frustration didn't just leave when he left Egypt. He went into the wilderness, and this is what happens in verse 6. It says, Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and fill fill the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up, he's seen injustice, and came to their rescue and watered their flock. It was interesting that his, his frustration for injustice in the world in which he lived, it followed him. He still had this inkling of like, if something's not right, I want to put it right. And here he was practicing that again. But only in a healthy way. At least he didn't kill the shepherds this time. But he still was exercising that God-given holy frustration that was within And sometimes in your life, just trying to get rid of frustration is the wrong thing. Sometimes it's right to follow your frustration. Because in your frustration, God will provide for you. And what ended up happening here, yeah, Moses failed previously, but he failed his way forward. Why? Because he learned from his mistake. A lot of us, yeah, we're experiencing failure, but we keep experiencing failure because we're not learning from our mistakes. We're doing the same thing, having the same attitude the second time and the third time, and we're wondering why life's, you're getting super bitter, getting super angry. I don't believe Moses done that. I believe that Moses reflected and learned. I remember that was one of the things when you know, I've experienced you know, losing a job or losing a relationship or any of those things. It felt like being in a wilderness. It felt like being lost. It's just new feelings of... of 
worry, you know, just nearly feeling like giving up and what's the point and can't believe that happened. And I always remember having a bit of a crossroads of, I, I've got a choice to make here. I can dwell on what they done or what they should have done or what they didn't do or what was outside of my control or I've got a choice to make about myself. Or I can reflect inwardly and say, right, I can't control them. And those kind of people or situations will always happen. I'm not the first person to experience rejection or experience um, being betrayed. I'm not the first person. Can I get an amen to that? Anyone else? But I can't fix them. But I can't fix me. I can't do their reflection for them, but I can reflect on my own issues. And so I remember having to make the decision, if I can begin to get better myself and reflect on my sins and where I fell short, then I know that God's going to get me to where I need to be despite nothing. That if God has a plan for me, no man can stop it apart from who? Me. And yeah, there might be ups and downs and it won't be a straight line and because life, there's failure. But if I keep focused on the vision, on my holy frustration, if I keep investing into that and keep a hold of it, even, even when life is so hard that I'm hanging on by a thread, if I stay steadfast, what happens is those seasons develop in me perseverance. It develops in me a greater faith. Because guess what? I realize that, yeah, I've went through a blip. I've went through a dip here. But Phil, there's more dips coming. And if you want to see this vision come to pass, if you want to see this dream come to pass, you've got to learn to do well in the dips. You've got to learn to do well when you face rejection. You've got to learn to get stronger when people say things about you because you, you can't have every time someone says something or it doesn't work out your way that you just want to give up every time. And that's also very hard to follow a leader who's emotionally going AWOL at the smallest offense. Whether you're leading a family, leading friends, just by your example. If you give up on faith every three seconds, People aren't going to be convinced. You're not on stable ground. And I honestly believe that Moses had a great life, great upbringing, very stable. But he needed some unstable territory so that he could actually have a chance to develop his character. Because he couldn't carry the weight just yet that God wanted him to carry until he went through some wilderness seasons. How do I know that? Because he killed a man. He just lost the plot and his emotions got the better of him. He, just killed, his, he was emotionally immature. Goes on to say in verse 20. It says, and where is he? Ruel asked his daughters. This is the father asking, where's this man that provided for you? Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. Moses agreed to stay with the man who gave his daughter Sipporah to Moses in marriage. Sipporah gave birth to his son and Moses named him Gershom. I think that's right. 
saying, I've become a foreigner in this foreign land. See, Moses' holy frustration followed him, but it also provided for him. Why? Because God had a plan. And it was completely connected to what frustrated him. And as he followed that frustration, doors opened. As he served in that frustration, God made a way. In Exodus 3, 1 verses 2, it says, Now Moses was, watch this, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock, watch this, he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness. So he's leading sheep in an off-season across the wilderness. In a season which seems so insignificant, like, God, what are you even doing with me? I'm just leading sheep across the wilderness. No one's watching. No one's looking. Seems so meaningless. He could easily have thought that. I'm such a victim. Everyone else is in the city, in Egypt. I could be eating great food right now. I've got scraps out here. Terrible comforts. I could be in a big palace. But God's forming him. He's forming him. Why? He's leading sheep across a desert. What was his whole call about? What would he later do with people? Who would he lead across a desert later on? In a season where it seemed insignificant, God was doing nothing. He was forming his character. He was preparing him for greater things. When no one was looking, God was forming him. In the hardest season of his life, God was forming him. As he felt lost, God was forming him. As all he had was a bat, God was forming him. When no one was looking, God was forming him. When he was lonely, God was still forming him. Why? Because what was his goal? What was his vision? What was his promise? That God would deliver the Hebrew people out of Egypt. What did God do? He used Moses to deliver the Hebrew people out of Egypt. Where? Across the wilderness in the desert. He was forming him for his purpose. That when in the right time, God would show up and say, the time is right, my son, go. You're going from P7 into big school. You're going into first year now. You've got transfer exams. And here we have it. We pick up here. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side. He completed the task. The test was to lead the flock. He done it to the side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord, God showed up suddenly, appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Some of you know the story. That's when God said, you're on holy ground. You've passed the test. You're ready to fulfill the frustrations of your heart have led you to a place of promise. Yeah, you messed it up, but you're now emotionally mature. You've done it when no one's looking. You see, you know what godly character is? It's, it's being able to do what is right when nobody is looking. You can come to church and smile, say hello, get your car clean, be all fresh, smell good. But what are you doing when you go home? What are you doing at work? What's going on in your mind? What's going on in your soul? What are you watching? What are you scrolling tonight? Those are the tests that God uses to promote you, not just facing up in front of people, 
faking it. God truly wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind. And so what then happens is Moses spoke to from God. It's now time to go. I want you to go to the Pharaoh and tell him to free my people. Your dream is coming true, Moses. But what happens to Moses? But who am I? God, God, I don't think I'm strong enough. I don't think I'm your man. I don't think I'm, I don't have the security. I, I don't think I'm ready. I'm, I'm kind of comfortable out here in the desert now. Just sheep's cool. Happy with sheep. But God's always looking to move you forward into greater things. See, your, your, your latter days should be better than your former days if you do it with God. Some of you are sitting here and you're a bit older. Oh, my, my good days, the good old days. Nonsense. With God, your best days are the latter days. So let's make sure we're finishing strong. See, God formed Moses' leadership in the desert in a distant land. But listen, there's always a, a step forward. And every time you go to the next place, you're going to face fear again. New levels, new devils. You're going to face insecurity again. But like we learned of what Jesus excelled at was he learned to keep going to the quiet place, keep going to the desert place, keep going to the, the place of silence where you could spend time in God's presence. Why? Because your flesh will cry out with fear, with insecurity. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. My past is dictating my future. That's not God's story for your life. But you can't fight spiritual battles with your fleshly instincts. You're going to need to learn to worship. You're going to need to learn to pray. You're going to need to learn the, the Scripture so you can quote off the Bible like Jesus did in the desert. Man does not live by bread alone. You, you just cannot do what God's called you to do without it. It's impossible. You've got to fight fire with fire. You've got to fight the fire of lust with the fire of the Holy Spirit. God's presence is key. I think the key point throughout this whole series, if we were to get anything, is to understand that the wilderness is not a place for you to write off. It's not a season that you just have to wait out. It's not something you just kind of exist through and just kind of endure, which is a part of it. But if we can switch on in the wilderness you'll be surprised what God does in you and later does through you if you allow God to, to change your heart. So I challenge you, if you're in a wilderness season right now, in a desert place right now, I challenge you to pray. I challenge you to listen. I challenge you to allow God to speak even though you feel feelings of bitterness and anger and settle your heart. Find a space every day even just for a few minutes, we're going to do this in the new year as we pray and fast. That's going to be our goal for the year is, is to be a people that have quiet times regularly and, and we enter into holy ground regularly and we see God move regularly, not just in church, in corporate gatherings, but in the silent moments in the car, on walks. Because if we're going to be, be a people that moves the kingdom forward, moves the ball forward, sees people come to faith, get discipled, and we see people get trained up, we're going to need people that know how to worship, know how to be in God's presence, because you cannot fulfill His mission without it.
You cannot hear His voice without space. You're going to need some hard times to develop your character, to develop the Spirit of God, His voice. You need hardship. Listen, I'm not being weird. We don't want to stay in hardship. (laughs) I like to run out of hardship too. But don't waste it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.